Welcome to season two of Living Fullness, a podcast where two friends explore what it means to live out the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine. And my name is Father Sean Burns. And every week we look more closely at deepening friendships, intentional relationships, growth in virtue, and nurturing our spiritual lives. We hope by sharing our learning, reflections, and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Hey, Stina, how are you going? Good, how are you? Yes, how are you going? Well, thank you. That's yeah. good. What's our episode about today? Well, today's episode, that was a quick jump. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, today's episode is actually, we are actually going to jump into a question that we've pulled out of the compendium. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Stina, what is the compendium? <laughs> So, John Paul II published the Catechism of the Catholic Church back in 1992, which is a really comprehensive document on what Catholics believe. And it's sort of split into about four parts, which is sort of part one is a bit like the creed or dogma. Second is on liturgy and sacraments. Then we've got morals and then prayer. And as I recently discovered, there's a really good reason why it's written in that particular order. So what we believe being the creed is the is the content of our worship, which is liturgy. And what we believe and worship, we live out, which is our morals. And then what we believe and worship and live leads to and is nourished by prayer. So it's like perfectly ordered. Yes. Like, yes. Go John Paul II. Go John Paul II. Well, this was a, it's actually the way that catechisms have always been written. Mm. So if you go and you have a look at the Catechism of the Council of Trent mm-hmm. uh, in the 1500s, it's written in that. Uh, there you go. Order. It's an old formula. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, the, now the, the document itself was was not actually meant fundamentally for the lay faithful. It, it's it, it can be it was meant to be picked up by the lay faithful. Anyone who wanted to pick it up could pick it up. But mm-hmm. the reason why John Paul II wrote it uh, and had his theologians work on it was that. He wanted bishops to take it up and then he wanted bishops to produce their own catechisms for their diocese Mm. based on the universal catechism. For various reasons, that task has not been fulfilled. Um, And so 13 years after the publishing of the catechism, Pope Benedict XVI published the compendium to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and uh, which he had personally worked on. (laughs) Uh, So he'd, he'd worked on... Uh, both the the catechism itself and he'd worked on the the compendium as well uh, prior to his election as the the Pope in 2005 because he was John Paul II's sort of right-hand man, kind of his chief chief man when it came to doctrine. Mm -hmm. So the compendium was written as a way of simplifying in question and answer format uh, the the catechism and... uh, so this was never meant to be a standalone document. Benedict foresaw that bishops and priests and lay theologians could train their people using this document in, in sort of a, a complementary way with the catechism. It gives more simplified answers for the, the, than the catechism the Catholic Church gives. And you can kind of take those simplified answers and pack them out mm. with the information that the catechism gives us and from a few other sources as well. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So our plan 
is that every couple of months or so we are just going to tackle one of these questions that are in the compendium and sort of pull it apart and see how it might apply particularly in the way that we're trying to lead our podcast and in this ministry. So I guess the question that we've pulled out this time around is why does man have a desire for God? And the compendium gives this particular answer. God himself, in creating man in his own image, has written upon his heart the desire to see him. Even if this desire is often ignored, God never ceases to draw man to himself, because only in God will he find and live the fullness of truth and happiness, for which he never stops searching. By nature and by vocation, therefore, man is a religious being, capable of entering into communion with God. This intimate and vital bond with God confers on man his fundamental dignity. All right, so that's the answer that the compendium gives. Mm. Let's uh, let's 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 tease this business what out. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> so uh, now I, I like this question, and I really like the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the the reason why I like it is that it kind of addresses the very nature of our podcast. You know, we are the Living Fullness Podcast. Mm. And, uh, and this, this answer says, God never ceases to draw man to himself because only in God will he find and live the fullness of truth and happiness for which he never stops searching. That's our jam mm. right there. That's what we do, mm. you know. So th- there are a number of things that are highlighted in this answer. Firstly, we're made in the image of God. Uh, now, now, what does that mean because mm. it, it's an it's an often heard phrase right mm-hmm. we're made in the mm-hmm. image of god what does it mean well mm. whenever someone makes something that thing bears the image of its maker so for instance michelangelo has certain aspects of his sculpting that a trained eye could look at and say that's definitely michelangelo <laughs> you know or i could draw a stick figure and somebody <laughs> could look at it and go <laughs> That's uh, definitely Father Sean. Probably not. <laughs> lacks all of the clarity necessary for a proper stick figure. Uh, so um, anything that is made always bears the image in some way of its maker. And this is, is also true for all of created being. For everything created in the world, it actually bears something of God's image because it possesses truth, goodness, and beauty. Mm. And if you're wondering where you've heard those <laughs> words before, uh, hashtag truth, goodness, beauty at the end of all of our episodes. Also, transcendental properties of being, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the very sort of building blocks of our, our, uh, our, our being is, 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 is there. Truth, goodness, and beauty. Uh, now, now, truth, goodness, and beauty are found perfectly in God. He possesses the fullness of these characteristics of truth, goodness, and beauty. We as human beings possess truth, goodness, and beauty, and we do so as persons. And so we're made in the image of God in an even more wonderful way. So what that means is that we're rational. We have an intellect and a will like God has an intellect and a will. Mm. Uh, So we we can actually see in man an even greater sense of an image. You you might look at a tree and go, I can see the image of God in the tree. I can see something of God in that tree. Mm. I see goodness. I see truth. I see beauty. I see... I, I see something of God there. Mm. But when we look at man, we see something even greater because we see the, 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 the power of rationality, the power of intellect and will, the power to be a free agent, to choose, to, to think, to have responsibility, to have rights. I mean, these are all, these are all things which, which come as a result of being made in the image of God. 
so we're, we're made in God's image in an even more wonderful way because we're free persons with an intellect and a will, just as God is. And uh, he is a, a communion of persons uh, with, with a divine intellect and a divine will. So now sin has disfigured this image. Uh, however, we nonetheless retain this image after the fall. Disfigured though it may be, we retain that image. Mm. Secondly, God never ceases to draw man to himself. So God speaks to every human spirit and we're drawn to his voice because he made us for himself. And before when you said that sin disfigures the image of God in us, redemption restores that um, and actually invites us to be more closely resembled to that image through the grace um, of Christ. Which means that even when we mess up, when we, when we yes, when we sin, God doesn't take back that invitation. Instead, he makes it even more, um, more keenly felt for us, calling us back to himself through the grace of repentance. So that's sort of what it means when the compendium says by nature and by vocation. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, we're made for him. Uh, he made us for himself. And he calls us to himself. Mm. Yeah. 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 So we're made for God, which is to say that the end for which we're made is God himself. And when you think about other creatures on the planet, they're not made for communion with God like we were. Yeah. I mean, they have a, you know, a natural end and a purpose, you know, so they eat and they procreate and they die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we're the only creatures on the earth that can actually go against the purpose that we've been made for. We can actually choose to ignore God's call. And so I guess the the third thing there is also that man is a religious being. That's a plane. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you can hear it, that's an airplane. If I can it hear sounds that like it's mightily close. Thirdly, man is a religious being. So the word religion comes from uh, the Latin word religare, which means to reconnect and the implication being that at some point a connection was actually lost with the divine and man with his natural desire for God then intuits this to some sort of degree. So in a sense all religions have an element of truth to them because all of them um, are authentically expressing that religious sense of man, um, which is kind of interesting when you look at pre-Christian cultures and some of the prophecies that were there that point to Christ. Yes, yes, indeed. So, uh, for instance, you've got uh, you've got Tacitus speaking for the ancient Romans. He says that uh, people were generally persuaded in the faith of the ancient prophecies that the East was to prevail, and that from Judea was to come the master and ruler of the world. Uh, Suetonius, in his account of the life of Vespasian, recounts the Roman tradition. Uh, that it was an old and constant belief throughout the East that by indubitably certain prophecies, the Jews were to attain the highest power. China had the same expectation, uh, but because it was on the other side of the world, it believed that the great wise man was to be born in the West. Uh, so the annals of the Celestial Empire contained the statement, in the 24th year of Chao Wang of the dynasty of Chao, on the eighth day of the fourth moon, a light appeared in the southwest which illumined the king's palace. The monarch, struck by its splendor, interrogated the sages. 
They showed him books in which this prodigy signified the appearance of the great saint of the West, whose religion was to be introduced into their country. Uh, the Greeks expected him. Uh, for uh, there's a fellow named uh, Aeschylus, or Aeschylus, Aeschylus. I've never pronounced his name really. Uh, who in his Prometheus, six centuries before he, before uh, Christ's coming, he wrote, "Look not for any end." Moreover, to this curse, until God appears to accept upon his head the pangs of thy own sins, vicarious. Uh, Cicero, after recounting the sayings of the ancient oracles and the civils and the uh, the civils about a king whom we must recognize to be saved, asked in expectation, to what man and to what period of time do these predictions point? The fourth, uh, the fourth eclogue of of Virgil uh, recounted the same ancient tradition and spoke of a chaste woman smiling on her infant boy with whom the Iron Age, that is the, the age of war and sort of bloodthirstiness, would pass away. Mm. I mean, th- those, are, those are incredible. Yeah. It's that, that, that expression of the intuition of man. Mm. You know, man intuits God in some way. It's what brings religions about. Yeah. Even within the variance of religions, to see that that in the ancient world there was this sense that someone was to come to set things right. Mm, that was common, and they all point to Christ. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, no. yeah. So the religious sense in man is the highest part of him, actively seeking out a connection with the divine, with the aid of aid of reason. And the human person can come to know a lot about God, and as we saw just before. So man is capable of communion with God, of being with God, and he actually has this made like this hole almost in his heart that can only really be filled by God and we yearn for that. And it's through that that we come to know perfect happiness or living fullness that that we're actually made for. We can't do it on our own. No, no, you're quite right. Man can only go so far with the light of reason before he starts making errors. Or he starts messing up, you know, and and that's because our since the fall, our intellects, our ability to reason has been darkened, and so God comes to meet man, and He does this in Jesus Christ. So it's like the religious sense of man sort of strains towards God, but hits a barrier and can't go any further. And so God sort of breaks through the barrier in the revelation who is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and and our faith is the acceptance of this God-man, of Jesus Christ and his revelation. Um, And fourthly, um, this call from God to be in communion with him constitutes our dignity. We're not made for the temporal, we're actually made for the eternal. And um, St. Gregory of Nyssa actually has um, said something quite beautiful, which comes from uh, a homily of his, which I'll read to you. O man, scorn not that which is admirable in you, You are a poor thing in your own eyes, which I would teach you that in reality you are a great thing. Realise what you are. Consider your royal dignity. The heavens have not been made in God's image as you have, nor the moon, nor the sun, nor anything to be seen in creation. Behold, of all that exists, there is nothing that can contain your greatness. St. Gregory of Nyssa. He was was an Eastern theologian, but uh, pretty important for the West. Mm. A really important thinker, and uh, 
Very, very beautiful. Mm. You can see. You can see he loves God. Yeah, and he loves man. Yes, <laughs> like absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we're 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 made for God. He loves us. He wants us to be in communion with Him. That's our greatness. That's our dignity, right there. Uh, that when all is said and done, we are loved infinitely by God, pursued as it were by a relentless loving God, uh, that we might know what it is to live life to the full. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the first question of the compendium. Uh, well, actually, it's the second question of the compendium, but... but <laughs> the first uh, one we're tackling. The first one we're <laughs> tackling. Uh, the next time we tackle one of these, it will be from, um, from a different section of the compendium uh, so that um, when we do tackle them, it doesn't get too, uh, too stale. Or <laughs> too, you know, so. We'll draw from different sections. Yeah, we'll draw from different sections. Mm. Uh, also, uh, references for the catechism. Uh, in case you're wanting to, to look up various parts of the catechism so that you can see we weren't making stuff up. Uh, so uh, number one and numbers 27 to 30 in the catechism. If you haven't read a catechism before, the catechism is not broken up into page numbers, it's broken up into paragraph mm. numbers. So just be aware of that. Mm. And we'll pop that in the description box as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, mm. I think um, for the end of this episode... It's well. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Exactly. It's nice to be back with you exactly. guys. For those of you who missed out on the live that we just recently did, um, you can jump over to our Patreon community and sign up to one of the tiers for financial support and you'll be able to find the live episode that we have just run where we had a bit of a chat about what the Christmas break has been yes. like for us and yes. what we've been up to. So if you'd like to do that, you're most welcome to do Very that. Very welcome. But until next time, know of our love and prayers. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Living Fullness. We hope that in this episode there was something useful or helpful or something that blessed your life. If that is the case, would you please consider sharing this podcast with someone? Perhaps it will bless their lives too. Please also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so that others can find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook.